Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com Because it'll make the uh, video not all that nice. Oh, good, we're live. Hi, welcome. It's Tuesday on, uh, it's Wednesday. I've been going so long that I think it's Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, June 19th, 2019 at 2 p.m. So it's Cannabis Legalization News Time. Uh, Give us a like and subscribe and tell your friends to catch up on Cannabis Legalization News every Wednesdays at 2, broadcast live on YouTube. Miggy, how was your week? It's been a good week for a guy whose kid just graduated high school. Yeah, your kid did just graduate high school. Congratulations. Yeah, so it's been a good week. And, you know, there's a lot going on in the cannabis hemp news. Oh, yeah, there is a lot going on in cannabis hemp news. And I was like mostly out of this. Well, I was out in Wisconsin. You know what I saw growing on the side of the road in Wisconsin? Please tell me hemp. Oh, I saw a lot of hemp uh, and they have cra- cover on uh, the because, you know, how hemp usually will have some type of plastic to help uh, strip out the weeds so that they don't get crowded out those plants. And it was interesting in the sense that I think that they, in Wisconsin, some of the farmers have it kind of to help save the tillable acreage. They've planted it kind of like right on the edge of their uh, normal crops and the, the plants because we've had so much rain here was just yay high. And I'm driving, so I had my girlfriend um, like scope them as well as we could. So we think that we uh, saw uh, some industrial hemp growing in Wisconsin uh, this week. It was pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Did you see any signs that said like uh, non-psychoactive or any bullshit like that? No, I did not. Uh, actually, there was some story out of Minnesota. A Minnesota hemp farmer was charged with felonies after producing products that tested high in THC. But first... I wanted to get back to, uh, before we talk about that, crazy, uh, because we titled this uh, week, it has to do with the Robacher hmm, McClintock, I believe, amendment now. Are you familiar with that one? No. So what happened? Uh, okay. Well, this is the thing that's going on now in uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, for since 2015 or so, there ha- the Department of Justice and the DEA have been defunded from waging the war on... Um, uh, medical marijuana, at least. However, they have you know, not been able to stop the war as to adult use marijuana. And so this new amendment, and it was on the marijuana f- moment, I'm going to go ahead and square, square, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen real quick so we can show this to the viewers. And of course, all these links are in uh, the, uh, yeah, you know, that's one of the things 
Anyway, uh, they're all in the description section. So marijuana amendment cleared for it. And this is, again, uh, similar to this one that in, in 2015, they tried to go for this one all. And the only one they've had so far has defunded the war as to medical marijuana. But this one is looking to defund it. You see, it's the state medical cannabis one since 2014, they've had it. But now they're trying to defund it for the entire uh, state laws. So it would be, uh, you know, no war on marijuana at all from the federal level. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, it's it's like huge. And so uh, I just everybody who sees this, please do go ahead and call. I used to know the uh, capitals line off the top of my head. It was like 202-356. And then I can't remember, but um, call your congressman and tell them to support the what is currently known as the thing of the Robacher uh, uh, McClintock Amendment. And I should definitely get the actual text of that bill. But it does what we all hope would happen, because as uh, the Robacher, I'm sorry, the Blumenhauer Farr Amendment, which I believe now is the Blumenhauer McClintock Amendment. And once this thing passes for since 2014, it's been illegal. Uh, for the Department of Justice to spend any money whatsoever on the criminalization of uh, state law compliant medical marijuana crimes. And there was actually case law out of the Ninth Circuit called uh, the McIntosh case, where uh, it was the Oakland Harborside Collective, uh, the guy with the the braids, Steve Angel- Steve or something, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with uh, Cal- California very much. Never been there. And so uh, it, it, there was that case from the Ninth uh, Circuit that threw out, uh, it was about, th- it was tens of thousands of plants, so like punishable ridiculously. And uh, the there's no money. There's zero appropriations for the Department of Justice. That's Appropriations, of course, means the money, and that is Congress's purview. There's no money to fight that war on medical marijuana. And if you call your congressman right now and tell them to support this uh, Blumenhauer McClintock amendment so that they would completely defund uh, the Department of Justice from interfering with any state law cannabis program, that would be effective legalization at the federal level. You know what's crazy about these laws, too? With I mean, that would be huge if that happened for uh, everybody. Huge. Yeah, I mean, just you already have people brave enough to stand up against the man right now, willing to be that person, the, uh, what do they call it, the frontier, the freaking, you know, the brand new people. But um, Yeah, the uh, the new entrance into the cannabis space. Yeah, I mean, I'm just tired of people calling these guys uh, 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 pioneers when actually the pioneers were like, you know, the people who getting arrested. Oh, dude, Uh, Like you wished me a happy birthday yesterday. Do you know who else's birthday it was? Speaking of the pantheons of the people that have been fighting the good fight for decades. I think it was Jack Rarer's. Yeah, I I have the same birthday as Jack Rarer. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) uh, uh, Back to the the point of the the policing uh, and this law. Um, What's unfortunate is it's not, they're not retrograde. You know, they can't go back. So our buddy Lance Glor that we talked about before, uh, when he one of his appeals Wait, are you sure? So so when Lance Glor first got raided, uh, it was in twenty eleven. And it was before uh, uh, that amendment or the uh, the original one for uh, the medical. And so right. his trial didn't go down until twenty 
15, which was obviously, it was already in place at that time. But because his arrest and the raid and all the shit happened beforehand, they were, that wasn't even mentioned in the first trial, but in the appeals, they 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 uh, they passed it on. Um, it's on YouTube. You can look at the appeal court. It's a, it's a I need to. I mean, because then it gets back to the, okay, well, why is the Department of Justice then spending money on, will people please stop calling my phone, please? <laughs> Is that why you got a secretary for admin or assistant or whatever you want to call it? No, I mean, it's one of those deals where I'm going to have to get a burner phone and drop my last one. Um, and it's uh, taking a vacation was lovely, but it's like taking a vacation. Because it, I get I get a lot of calls and, um, and it's great. But at the same time, then it's like I get back today and it's just been go. And, and I'm kind of dug out. I'm not really dug out. It's happening, Fadi. Uh, and so it's 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 been good, but at the same time, I want to look more at the Lance Glor aspect to see if, because uh, now that he is in federal prison, he's in federal prison, right? It's not like he's in state prison. No, he's presently in federal, and I believe it's in um, uh, uh, Illinois is where he's at, or, or it's somewhere if far. He's in Illinois, I should go like uh, meet him and talk to him about his case. Uh, yeah, if you can, you know, it, uh, the process to, to visit a prisoner is freaking hard, dude. Or even to get a letter to them, or uh, to have uh, intercommunications um, for an email, they have to know my email. I know their email. We both go into the Corlinks email system. That's the prison email system, and then they have to accept both of it. It's it's a little lengthy process. It's not just like, hey, buddy, I know who you are. Let me just hit you up. It's, it's yeah, a, they do, they do strip you of your rights and, and make sure that you're punished. But yeah. who is who's paying the money? for the uh, the feds to incarcerate somebody. Is that still the Department of Justice's appropriation? So why is this? And then he was found guilty of violating what? A federal crime? And I haven't read his file. Tell you what, let's, uh, let's table the Lance Glore thing because we might be able to have something more on this in the future, especially if this new amendment, uh, the Blumenhauer McClintock Amendment, which will completely defund the Department of Justice from interfering with state law compliant cannabis. Uh, again, right? This is this would be just as this would be a little bit less big than banking because banking really would allow the industry to mature faster. But one of the big risks uh, in the industry has to be, you know, well, why don't they just shut down Colorado? They could, but they don't. Yeah, no, but any, so yeah, in, in YouTube links, I, I put the uh, the appeal trial because it's on YouTube. You can actually watch his trial, and, and she tries to bring up that point as far as uh, at the time of his arrest, federal funds did not have been used for his arrest. So it's a pretty bullshit. Uh, I would say it's a kangaroo court experience he had. Uh, you know, because I went to his trial, I witnessed all the fucking evidence, and there was nothing but cannabis. Like everything that he was doing was in accordance with everybody else in that state. So there was nothing special about him. There was nothing criminal extra about him. It was just well. It's the, there. We go. That that gives us a good turn of phrase back into this uh, news that came out of Minnesota with the hemp farmer. What did you hear about that? Yeah. So that guy, I just posted the link in there too in our comments. Uh, you know, he's this guy. His, his stuff tested 10 times more uh, for uh, for THC. That's right. And, I mean, you know, they, they tested it. And, you know, uh, let's see. What did they say? It came in hot. This is the, the link that we shared. So March 15th stop. Oh, there it is. Hummel's Court. Hummel's hemp products sent to lab tests, which showed THC levels of above 3%. 
and THC is only supposed to not exceed the 0.3%. So he was arrested. They directed him to destroy his crop, and I guess he didn't destroy it. I just, you know, this is mind-blowing, this whole, uh, the misnomer of cannabis and hemp, marijuana, you know, it's kind of like chihuahuas and pitbulls and, uh, you know, they're all the same species, you know, <laughs> we can't just ban pitbulls, you know. I just, uh, yeah, yeah, you can, you can ban pitbulls. I thought they banned pitbulls over in your, your part of the, the country, but uh, I, I understand that the, the old, the old hackneyed phrase from, um, as the Supreme Court is usually like, when there is lines to be drawn, that is the purview of Congress. And so once the line drawing is there, the, the judicial inquiry is at its end. I mean, just like you're talking about the banking industry, uh, I just read an article that I'll post in the comments here, but this uh, company called Thrive Marketplace, are you familiar with them? I'm not familiar with Thrive Marketplace. So it's an organic online, natural, one of those fruity places. And uh, they're, they're having to stop selling CBD products through their store because they're, uh, their money guy says, please step away from CBD products. And in the same article, I didn't know, but Stripe, are you familiar with Stripe where everybody can do this? Where I'm you familiar can, with uh, the API of Stripe for payment interfaces, but yeah, uh, there, I just I just saw that part of the, um, uh, the article. So this is stupid in the sense that, well, okay, when he's growing it in his field, it was testing compliantly. But then I guess after they started processing it, the THC spiked to about 3% when they were concentrating it. So I would want to pull this guy's complaint. Uh, and I'm assuming it's a complaint. It might be called an indictment. I don't do criminal law uh, to see what the state is specifically alleging against him to see if they said, well, it was tested. And they probably omitted these facts. It was tested in the field on such and such a date. And it came in at this particular percentage of Delta 9 THC, not total THC. And then it was tested again on such and such a date, before, you know, three days prior to harvest. It was tested when it was harvested, but then it looks like during that stream, it was then sent to some type of processing where it may have been concentrated and then it did test 3%. So if you are trying to make, oh, I don't know, 70% uh, distillate out of your your CBD flour, uh, yeah, you would, because like if, if it's 70% uh, CBD, then that, and then of course, if you, usually when you're doing these types of extractions, the THCA decarboxylates into a THC or a CBDA into a CBD, uh, and then that that amount, so that total amount. Let's see. I mean, if it, if it came in, let's say I don't know, twenty percent. So you go from twenty percent to seventy percent. You multiply it by three at least. And if the total THC came in at approximately 0.7 per, no, yeah, 0.7%, most of it, of course, in the form of THCA, it would have then decarboxylated into that THC, and then you multiply it by about three, and you might be over like the two to three percent. But uh, it's still ridiculous. They charged the guy with a felony. Yeah, I mean, he is fighting it, and you know, this could be an example too, where uh, you know, my comparison of dogs mostly has to do with. Uh, Breeding, you know, uh, you can start off with a 0.1% hemp plant, but if it's treated right and all the right things happen, in my opinion, you're going to get a nice TAC plant eventually, you know, genetics or, or how it works and, uh, you know, cross-pollination. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that happen that these yahoos haven't accounted for when it comes to just a natural guy trying to, or, you know, man, woman, just trying to be a, a business person, you know, a farmer. Uh, 
Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I just want to see if this guy's stuff spiked to over 3% when it was flour in the field and maybe he got greedy. Maybe he was trying to go for like 20% CBD because when you do that, your THC levels can also shoot up and he might have just screwed up the, um, uh, the, the growth process and overshot his levels, which stinks. But uh, there are things written into the Illinois law and I'd have to check on the Minnesota hemp laws, if inadvertent, uh, like if you accidentally like blow the level and you go over it, uh, you might have to destroy the crop, but you're not going to be um, criminally liable. Yeah. And then I like, also, this is be the, the hemp insurance, right? Probably something like that for that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, hopefully as a hemp insurance, because it says they ordered him to destroy his entire multi-million dollar crop. So if it's his entire multi-million dollar crop, it's a couple of things have gone wrong. Uh, first, he probably started too big. And then second, he may have gotten greedy and tried to overclock his CBD to uh, squeeze every last dollar out of that acre. And now look where it's gotten him. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that, did you see the uh, the article about uh, CBD can cause liver damage? Oh man, that is some that's that is some more scary stuff. And let me because I like kind of dug into that one. As CBD is everywhere, and CBD has gone up so much in value that you kind of wonder if they well, is this a bubble? Probably, but then how do bubbles usually burst? Uh, the assumption that the People are operating under one particular assumption that when the market is continuing to go up, things are good. This is like the coolest cannabinoid ever. It fixes everything. As soon as that narrative starts to crack and it might not necessarily be true, that skyrocketing demand might turn into like, there's no way I'm going near it. It's going to poison my liver. Well, in the study itself, too, they, they're looking at the epidolics. Uh, the extraction dialects yes and the fake you know they're constantly i don't understand science that has to look at the fake uh you know synthetic portion of whatever the hell they're studying you know like marinol well you know this is the actual uh science and then um it's not all that old i mean it came out in april and then it, now it's just kind of making it to i think uh what did it get into was it it wasn't marijuana moment it wasn't time Forbes. Uh, I, it was in Forbes. That's right. It was in Forbes. And then I just kind of traced it down so I could actually find the science itself. But they were, I mean, look at this. Um, in, as in the acute, 615 milligrams of CBD per kilogram of body weight. Like, again, that's obscene. That is obscene. Like, here's the, the highest end of Epidiolex, 20 milligrams per, for that. Uh, an AST, and these are like your liver enzymes. They were observed in the subacute, all right, and then uh, three days out of four. So you do have to kind of like dig into it and see out of what um, what dosage. And of course, again, like we'll put that into the comments. But like, what dosage are they talking about when it causes damage, and is that a a reasonable dose? And like in the sense that is that uh, dose, and then also you know, yeah, I guess there's no magic bullet ever. Be careful. Uh, they have found out, though, that uh, CBD is metabolized in the liver. And I think um, the guy from Veedverks was actually talking about that when you gave or when you give CBD for somebody who's going to be taking it for like cancer, they should mention that to their doctor because it, they, they have to watch their liver enzymes. Yeah. So, you know, that part of what he was talking about, too, was the uh, whatever the uh, solvent is. 
for the CBD. You know, if you're, if you're taking Epidiolox, you know, what, what is their, what is it, grain oil? What are, what are they using for that liquidy base? You know, uh, I can't remember. I thought a lot of the times they use uh, MCT, medium chain triglycerides, like a coconut oil or something. Sure. But why can't, I mean, do a real study. Why not take out say, a bunch of, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Charlotte's Web? Just mm -hmm. act the flower, you know? And, yeah, and that's another thing. Like, because when you smoke versus when you eat, it's a different metabolic pathway. So uh, if you are trying to just get the CBD into your blood uh, and avoid the liver, is that, uh, can you do that through uh, inhalation as opposed to ingestion? Well, suppositories. Hmm. Yeah, right. I've never, that's going to be one of the things I have to really kind of confess. I just never think about like, well, what about suppositories? I never say that. Because it's just just how I'm kind of wired, I guess. <laughs> well, nobody wants it up the butt. Well, some people do. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm like, well, you know, I guess you could smoke it. And you're like, well, don't forget to shove it up your ass. I'm like, well, hang on. I didn't I'm know. Yeah. I bypass the middleman sometimes. So. Uh, uh, but I hear that, that for like medicinally, uh, I've heard of that. I've heard of suppositories. And you're not the first person to tell me that. Well, what kills me, all this bullshit, so what bothered me about these studies, they're, you know, for, for years now, everybody's been saying there's not enough studies, there's not enough science behind it. You know, and it's just, what, two last week, two weeks ago, where we had the 2,500-year-old uh, fucking pot found. Yeah, and that was 2,500-year-old pot found with uh, traceable contents of THC. So it was literally marijuana as opposed to hemp to make your clothing. So literally, we've been smoking this for 2,500 years, and has there been a at least at least 2,500 years? I mean, seriously, the when did we figure out how to like stomp grapes, and that 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 juice would then come into contact with yeast, which would turn it into alcohol? How long have people been drinking? Because with drinking, at least there's like a clay pot, and with 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 cannabis, you know, you could have just thrown it on the fire. Well, and with cannabis, I think we still have this American misconception about like what it is and where it comes from. You know, uh, we do speak about how it comes from Asia and whatnot, but you know, people can't look at the big picture where they're saying, let's pretend there's only 13 land race strains that we know about right now, just 13 regional places. But people forget that those 13 mix and match and become other stuff later on, like our Thunderfuck or, or AK-47 or whatever. Oh, ATF, man. Alaskan Thunderfuck. Well, speaking of Alaskan Thunderfuck, uh, let's check out the dosage because I was like flipping through uh, the, the data as to that new, I'm sorry, CBD is harmful for your liver uh, study that came out. And uh, uh, again, when you guys are, are digging into it, and we, we should have a resident scientist come in and tell us, but uh, check this out because it appears that what they are telling you is the um, in the acute study, significant increases in these uh, liver enzymes were observed for the 2,400 milligram per kilogram dose. That is so obscene. I don't even, I, people would have a hard time even affording that. I mean, uh, it's not just a 20 milligram per kilogram dose. So like if you weighed 200 pounds, that would be like two grams a day. This is, you know, the magnitudes larger than that. And then the uh, in the subacute study, 75% of the mice for the 615 milligram per kilogram dose. And that, that it, those are the doses that were causing um, the actual harm to the mice's liver. And 
maybe it's because all the thing the liver was doing was trying to take CBD out of its body so fast because there was so effing much of it. I don't know. The science still needs to be done, but it does look like there may be a, an upper limit as to how much is too much when it comes to CBD. Well, that could be true. I mean, your body does flush things when it gets too much, you know, and when I talk about people say there's no such thing as marijuana overdose, I say there kind of is. I don't know if you've ever done too much. When I first moved out here, um, everything was abundant to me, more than it was ever before. So my friend that I visited to, to, at my dealer, um, we smoked our usual joint. He gave me a drink that was infused. I had a cookie that was infused. About an hour later, my heart was palpitating, and I was like, oh, shit, what's going on? I, I just took a lot in at one time. And, you know, the one thing I can tell you, the one thing I know is no one's ever goddamn died from weed. So, you know, the fact that uh, I was going to tell you, there's a Keytruda ad that I just screen captured recently. And in the goddamn uh, uh, things, it says, uh, Keytruda can immune it causes your immune system to attack normal organs and tissues in any area of your body. It can affect the way you work. What the fuck? I mean, how is this legal? FDA is not out there for our benefit. There's no real, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah that that you kind of figure that might have more of a warning. But no, that that is a, that's a legal medicine that a doctor may prescribe, and it's not a Schedule One substance. And it fights cancer. You know what else fights cancer? Marijuana. Yeah, but it sounds like both of them kind of have their downsides. Yeah. One makes you fucking lay down and listen to Pink Floyd. The other one makes you lay down forever. Ugh. Yeah, ain't that the truth. Hey, hey. Uh, turning to some uh, more uplifting news, then I I, uh, I did get this article. Okay. Okay. Uh, even the reception desk is just... Uh, it's, anyway. Um, it's not emergency, dude. It's it's not an emergency. I know exactly where my files are. I know when my filing deadlines are. It, I plan this specifically for this so that I can then talk to you about the cannabis news for the week. It's on my calendar. Well, a cannabis says uh, engineering cannabis. Do you think GM weed should be labeled? Uh, I don't even G what what weed? Genetic, genetically modified. Um, is there genetically modified weed? I know that they do a lot with crosses and back crosses of particularized strains, but I didn't know that there was any, uh, genetic manipulation, like, you know, the, the, the CRISPR manipulation tactic or oh, what, what strains are GM? Yeah. And there's nothing going on right now. I believe eventually it, that's what people fear. Just the whole Monsanto, you know, tomato plants that produce their own pesticide type shit. Like, Marijuana cannabis is naturally uh, fights off bugs, except for spider mites that I've learned in my fucked up growing system. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily support that. But um, at the same time, uh, those types of things can be regulated. And so whatever the, the cannabis is, what they, they can say that it's going to be. But, yeah, everybody's always scared of science unless well, they unless they really fucking need it. Right. Well, it's just like the whole fireless thing. I mean, we're not there yet. Everybody's jumping ahead of the gun as far as, uh, like, you're, I think you had the best reference about the whole 23andMe type databases what they're creating. And they're not the only ones, <laughs> but they're the first ones that are saying, now we're going to come out with our own line of, uh, of cannabis, which everybody's kind of raising the flag on that one. Cause, but still, we're not in the process where you can 3D print a seed. You cannot, uh, like you said, do the CRISPR thing. I don't think that's going on with cannabis right now. Right now, it's still a bunch of growers splicing uh, clones and shaking the uh, all the, and chucking. 
polyshucking. Yeah, I mean, it's all handmade, natural right now, still, no matter how you go about it. Yeah, and I mean, that's something that you can also, that's an advertising point. I think a lot of the people that are actually uh, consuming cannabis, they they already are anti-GMO and they they prefer it if it was organic. I know that there's some uh, cultivators that would only grow on live soil with like compost teas and they, they don't want to grow uh, traditionally how like a lot of cannabis is grown where they think it might be um, too processed and too formulaic and too much science and not enough soul. But, you know, that's that's just to each his own. And and then also, what does the regulations provide? I know like in the state of Illinois, you kind of have to grow that cannabis indoors, uh, which means that you are going to do certain practices to make sure that you have the, the best flower out there and the market conditions as it is really kind of says like, okay, um, you know, can you get that THC level up as high as it can go? Because that's what the person, when they're buying the cannabis, they turn it over and they're like, oh, this THC is 33% or oh, crap, this one's only 15% THC. Well, and, and so cannabis, she also, or he, I don't know who you are, sorry, uh, says cannabis legalization has genetically modified cannabis. Again, you know, they're not at that level where they're creating. It might be in a database. It might have been identified from that whole seed to cell um, tracking system, which is bullshit, but um, I don't think nothing's yet. Why, why, do you, why do you think the seed to sale tracking system is bullshit? Well, we don't see the sell apples. Apples. No, I, oh, I see. Uh, it's not that you are saying that the seed to sale tracking system is ineffective. You just don't like it. It's an arbitrary uh, regulation. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's it's cannabis. The cannabis the cannabis laws have been arbitrary since 1937. They're less arbitrary now. That's true too. That's yeah. true. I, mean, I can't get mad, but we're not at the point though where there's cannabis being made to just produce. Uh, uh, you know, big fat buds through uh, oscopes or uh, microscopes, you know, it's still, like you said, the shaking pollen theories. Uh, I just don't think we're there yet as far as worrying about GMO weed. But, you know, what they do have to worry about is the mass production of weed. The little grower can't compete with that because the little grower pays $10 a pound for fertilizer. The mass grower who can buy it in bulk will pay $6. It can always undercut the little grower because he's buying bulk, all his supplies and and, uh, Think of his cash flows. Think of his yeah. cash flows. If I if I have five thousand square feet of flowering space to maximize my outputs, or if I have sixty thousand square feet of flowering space, who's going to be printing more money every month? Who's going to have an easier time meeting all their payrolls, all their obligations, and still making a profit? The big guys. Yeah, that, that, that's the biggest key to the uh, the regulation markets here. Um, and then he, she also or he says. Uh, uh, don't we have cannabis labeled organic in Illinois? And I don't think so. You don't have what's going to be what? Uh, Glean Creek? We have uh, Clean Green certified out here. So they, they're on the boundary of like USDA uh, organic approval, but you can't yet do that because it is cannabis. And so they have this thing called certified Glean Green. Clean green. I've got allergies and I can't. Well, maybe we need to like you know have the clean green people call us and then we'll see if we can try to uh, get some type of regulation put into the cannabis laws that we have here uh, to have some type of certification for it. We do have a list of what you can put on the plant versus what you can't put on the plant, and then you have to test it for you know um, impurities, microbes. 
that type of stuff. And that has to be disclosed. And then also the cannabinoid content has to be disclosed. But I don't know if we have a particularized seal of approval that says this is organic or clean green cannabis in the state of Illinois. It's it's more along the lines of the state says what can be on it and what can't be on it. And you're not allowed to go outside those parameters. Are you guys those testing requirements the same for both recreational and medical? Yeah, I think they're going to be the same for both uh, recreational and medical. The only difference would be the uh, the taxes that would be assigned to the uh, the flower. You mean that the, the plant is being consumed by human beings is being both tested by the for both people who are using it recreationally and medically? I know, right? I mean, why would we protect people as opposed to treating them like they're different? Um, that's the same. Yeah, you know what else is insane? I was just published in uh, something called the Chicago Reader today. So they uh, they asked me some questions about um, will cannabis supper clubs be legal in 2020? And from my review of the law, uh, it looks like depending on who you are, they already kind of are. So you can find this. And this is also another one of those uh, links that's in the um in the description section, but uh, marijuana supper clubs are kind of already decriminalized at least. Uh, let's say you had a completely medical supper club, medical invitation only, show your card at the door. It doesn't cost you no money uh, to, to eat. Uh, and then it looks like that might be legal. Uh, but then if you did, I think it's 10 grams is currently decriminalized in the state of Illinois. And then of course, one ounce will be legal for possession only, of course, uh, by the first of the year, which means that like right now, if you wanted to have a dinner party for your friends where you don't charge any money, it's just going to be like, well, what do you have planned for the weekend? Oh, uh, Bob's having a dinner party. He bought 10 grams of cannabis. So it would just be a civil infraction where you'd get a ticket for $200 in case the, the cops kick down the door because they're bored. Uh, and have you ever cooked with three eighths of an ounce of marijuana? No, well, my wife does. She, um, whenever I get extra, sometimes when we grow, if I have extra or if I get large bulk, because the friend has a cheap rate for me. Yeah, but uh, is three eighths of an ounce of marijuana like, is that enough? No. I mean, depends on, <laughs> depends on how, who you how, are. How, how much marijuana have you, like, but how much, uh, oh, all right, we're fine. Uh, when was the last time you ate an eighth of an ounce of decarboxylated marijuana that was 20% THC? Actually, no, I stay corrected because, I mean, that, that is enough for a meal to walk away feeling good. And, uh, I mean, it's decarb. It's, uh, she makes gummies and chocolates. And so and sometimes they're really yummy and I can't stop eating them. And then you get in trouble. Then they say, you know, I have a really good night's sleep. But other than that, um, yeah, that, that was going to be one of them. But yeah, it's three eighths of an ounce. I don't think that's that bad. I mean, like, especially if you're making it in a can of butter, if you do the, the, like the math, like say you bought like 20% THC, you know, 10 grams. So there you go. You'd have two grams of cannabis and two, I mean, I'm sorry, two grams of THC, two grams of THC. That's a lot. I mean, like if 10 milligrams is a edible dose, you know, 25 milligrams would be a medical edible dose, let's say. And uh, that's that, that 25 milligrams, you know, it's 10 of those would be 250 milligrams. And then you're still only about a tenth of the way there. That's in that three eighths of an ounce. But when it becomes a full ounce, then you could have a pretty darn good dinner party for a lot of your friends, uh, especially if you've if you've uh, made it into like can of butter. I've never really been a big fan of 
just decarboxylating the flour itself and eating the flour simply because it's got a lot of, you know, fiber and stuff in it. Well, I mean, also keep in mind, too, when you make the oil or whatever you're, when you infuse the food, the food's going to fill you up. So, I mean, this is the very, uh, depending on what you eat, you know, you can walk away, you know, you're not going to make uh, McDonald's cheeseburgers infused because then you're going to walk away feeling gross and high. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just depends on what you, 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 you mix it with. Um, speaking of burgers, though, you should try the uh, Incredible Burger, the, the, the fake one. Oh, my God, I had one the other day. It was real. It seemed like it was real. But uh, uh, I had um, I had a Beyond Brat last night. Have you had the Beyond Bratwurst? Yeah, they're fucking good. They aren't bad. They really aren't bad. Uh, they are good. They're they're way more expensive. Like I was I was walking by the regular Bratwurst style, like you do, uh, and um, they were I want to say like eight for ten dollars, something like that. You know, just a little bit more than a buck each. But then the uh, the Beyond ones were you get four for seven dollars, and I'm like, gosh. <laughs> No, they're good, but yeah, it's gonna be expensive. Uh, you know, speaking of your guys' supper clubs, um, I think that you know it's it's gonna be when the police get bored. I mean, how bored is it that the, the headlines can be uh, a dinner party was raided? I mean, how how excessive? Yeah, the, the dinner party getting raided. It would be one thing if you were having a dinner party for your friends and you're staying below the the legal limit of the ounce. So that, you know, nobody's technically breaking the law. You just have possession. It would be another thing once you say, hey, man, you make the best space cakes ever. Why don't you start selling those? And you have no license. Then they might shut you down. Yeah, that's going to be the uh, the issue there. You know, it's funny because when I saw your article this morning, you posted. At the same time, I saw an article on goddamn Seattle side of things where uh, <laughs> step aside Seattle's first BYOB private club. That's cool. Like BYOB, though, uh, that usually means like bring your own beverages. Well, uh, this beverage, but I mean, this was the same model that we used for cannabis three years ago, four years ago. So are you going to be able to bring your own joints? I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to take that one brave person who's willing to put that pocket out there. and and Because and, uh, now you're going to have a fixed place. Now you're going to have a brick and mortar place. That's always going to be the issue, you know? Yeah, that is so crazy that, you know, for 10 years out of, uh, you know, adult use and then for over 20 years of medical use, even though that it was legal, it was still like, but do it in your own homes. Yeah, no, just uh, it was overstepping the way they regulated it. Um, people not involved in the culture, people who were not even aware of the culture of what was going on in Washington State as far as patients and just consumers, you know, and now that it's made legal, there's a freaking thousand new consumers. Uh, you know, this Instagram influencer thing I never saw happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, did you think that because uh, th these things work for marketing for me, I'll be able to turn this into a page that ranks, but the, the internet is just different. I mean, now there are so many people that are going to search uh, Illinois craft grower license. And I'm number, I think I'm result two. I couldn't beat the Chicago Tribune because you're not going to outrank the Chicago Tribune on the issue. But being result two, I get phone calls like throughout this darn broadcast even uh, to, to talk about uh, the cannabis legalization news. It's, it, it, the world is not what it was 20 years ago. It's not what it was when you wrote your book 10 years ago. Oh, man, no. I mean, like, even when I wrote, because when did Jack Hare die? I mean, Jack Hare passed. To, the, yesterday was his 80th birthday, if you would have made it. I think he made it to 70. I think he's been gone for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, he made it pretty up there. 
was yeah. a heart, heart heart problems though. I mean, like he did. He was a he's a big guy. Like to eat. Yeah, yeah. No, the guy liked to live. Uh, so did you hear about Beijing was scared of our marijuana legalization? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, there's a picture of the man right there. Uh, so yeah, he would have been eighty. Would have been eighty. Yeah. Oh my so I, I, what happened with Beijing and like, why are they scared of marijuana legalization? So I just posted in our, in our comments, but uh, Beijing's leading drug enforcement body has blamed the legalization of marijuana in Canada and parts of the United States for a spike in the amount of drugs smuggled into the country, describing it as a new threat to China. Yeah, I think the biggest threat to China is China, to be honest. Well, I'm just saying they're, they're the main source for the fentanyl. It's not Mexico. You know, I thought the I thought it was a combination like the the inputs, the the chemical crap that you need to make the fentanyl, not put together, but like just make it is produced in China, shipped to Mexico where they mix it together and put it over the the line, and then it's technically fentanyl, and then they they um uh start smuggling in the United States. Well, even though the Mexican labs, I believe, are American owned. Yeah. Well, did you hear about the Fast and the Furious? Yeah. <laughs> That was a good way for him to catch the, the bad guys. Yeah, we're going to track these guns. But then, I mean, it's just terrible that it, the the cycle of violence has made a, almost a failed state in this you know, country in Mexico because the uh, United States fuels uh, gun sales into Central America and uh, buys all the drugs that can be smuggled in from Mexico, except for cannabis, because we got that, bro. It's our cannabis is better. But, oh, this this fentanyl and meth that you have been importing is quite addictive. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a I mean, again, FDA, these people are out for they don't have priorities for us. They're not looking out for the common person. You know, they're looking for scapegoats and reasons. It's kind of like the NCAA. You know, when they first started, their whole purpose was for the protection of the students for college uh, athletes. And then within the past recent years, uh, their statement was, we're not an organization that has to look out for the, the athletes. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, well, a lot of money got involved, didn't it? Because, I mean, the NCAA yeah. is a money printing industry, just like the cannabis industry is a money printing industry. And uh, looks like come January 1st in um, Illinois, there will be only 110 dispensaries that will be able to serve 12 million people. Now, does that include the medical ones or just the recreational? That includes, and I can share my screen on the last uh, link that I shared. It was a big week in uh, legalization news. So here it is, Peoria uh, Marijuana Dispensary plans to expand. And so what it means is that um, each one of the medical dispensaries uh, is grandfathered in, and they'll be the first adult use dispensary uh, open, but they can't upset the medical dispensary and they have to preference the medical marijuana patient when servicing somebody depending on uh, their supply and their supply may be at issue very quickly. Uh, and then they're able to open up a second adult use location, which is what this uh, Peoria marijuana dispensary called Trinity is planning on doing. And so come the first of the year, I'm assuming that considering there's only 55 medical dispensaries right now, only servicing 77 or so thousand Illinois citizens, that 55 number is okay. But people on the Facebook groups for uh, Illinois adult use laws, like uh, the one that I have that I'm doing this live on, or uh, our medical marijuana patients, 
they often complain about uh, lack of inventory, and it is a real thing. I mean, you uh, <laughs> marijuana dispensaries in Illinois are a lot like Costco. You never really know what's going to be there until you get there. And uh, there's going to then be uh, only one more. So like just 110 dispensaries. So each medical marijuana dispensary gets to open an adult use dispensary as well. And then they have two. And these will be the only 110 uh, dispensaries that will be able to serve these. Well, I, I realize that not everybody in Illinois is over 21 and able to buy, but there's a population of 12 million people. So it's quite sizable, I'm sure. Uh, and those, all those people, if they want to buy marijuana, are going to have to go to one of 110 stores and they are wondering how quickly they will sell out. It could be, I mean, the lines could be nuts. So 110 stores, how many growers are you allowed? Oh, yeah, the growers. One, one flipping company's coming in from uh, Boston and they just uh, upset one of my clients, former clients, and you know, screw them. But uh, currently, there's only 20 cultivators. And out of all the cultivators, there's 30 cultivators that are able to go under this particular adult use license. And then they can have a fairly huge canopy space. Uh, 50,000, if not hundreds of thousands of square footage of canopy space, where they'll just they'll seriously be a lot larger than the craft grows. However, um, there's only 30 of those licenses and 20 are already spoken for. So I'm not sure the, the larger players that already have, you know, lawyers that practice at white shoe firms and charge $900 an hour are already representing them. And so there's only another 10 of those slots available. And I don't believe they'll be uh, ready to play come January 1st. It'll just be those 20 medical marijuana providers currently in the state. Uh, the Boston Company, is that the same one that happens to be funded by a Canadian company? Maybe. The one that got bought for like a billion? I don't know about that. All I know is that they're um, they're almost done with their cultivation center. Oh, uh, and did you hear about New York? I haven't. I mean, I've heard New York is like, New York is the state that cried wolf when it comes to adult use uh, passage, it seems like. Yeah, no, New York is dead in the water, uh, which is kind of ironic, I've always felt, for a state that was the base for high times. Really? New, yeah. York, New York is where high times started? I thought that was had to be a California thing. Oh, you would think. I, when I was young and dumber, uh, when I was 18, and I used to live in Jersey, I had a dream of, like, I wanted to write for high times. I actually caught the goddamn train to high times to the, to the offices. Uh, I had a packet they of had offices in New York for high times. I seriously thought that had been like published in San Francisco or something. Yeah, you would think. Well, they have offices now in California, but uh, it, it started in New York. And uh, uh, it, it's not what you think. I showed up to the office. I had a packet of my writing materials. It was like stories and poems and shit. And, uh, you know, I'm 18 and dumb. And uh, I walk in with this packet and there's like a secretary there. And that was it. It was like four other secretaries behind her. I was expecting to see a bunch of like pot smoking and being, you know, just, yeah, just, just like when Bart Simpson went to the uh, headquarters of Mad Magazine. Yes, just like that. That's what I felt like, but I was disappointed. <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah. bad. I mean, I'm I'm glad that I uh, I learned something about High Times. I had no <laughs> idea it was run by Squares and headquartered out of New York. Well, and I think it was run by Squares after the uh, the founder died, um, Thomas Forsade. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was a uh, smuggler. It was part of where his, his funding came from. 
and uh, between that and normal, actually started high times. Well, normal, I guess that makes a little bit more sense then because they were, uh, they still are, uh, you know, they're a lobbying organization with their offices chiefly in DC. And then of course they'd have like, you know, various state chapters and, uh, you know, decentralized nonprofit kind of uh, thing like you do. Yeah. I think Q Straub found a, a good investment to have a media company too. I mean, these guys were early, those were the pioneers, you know, people were thinking ahead of time as far as, uh, they were. I mean, they, they were the pioneers even when it came to the Internet. You know, like their website still doesn't look as, as swish or as like cool uh, as it does now because it's like it's a little bit more legacy, but it's got such high domain authority and so many flipping pages now because it's 20 to. Yeah, it's, it's less than 30, but more than 20 years old. And that site is one of the leading um, uh, websites that you can have a link from to your Web page to give you authority that uh, Google knows that you're a cannabis. Yeah, I mean, between that, their presence on the internet, uh, another person that was part of that, uh, are you familiar with Stephen Hager? Hager? I haven't heard of Stephen Hager, no. He's one of the early uh, editors of High Times. He's the one that founded uh, the Waldos. He's the one that found the 420 story, discovered like the origins and whatnot, the true origins. Cool. And at the same time, uh, I follow him on YouTube. He's re- he's uh, re-printing uh, or publishing uh, some of the stuff that he did while he was High Times editor. And he was one of the first ones. They streamed the Cannabis Cup. They streamed the streamed the Cannabis Cup. What year was that? 1993. How did they stream it? I mean, like they, they yeah. stream it on video. Did they stream it over the? Was it a, a live like, uh, or what? Is it, audio? No, it was an internet stream. He had. And, you know, back then you had to know where you were looking at and clicking to 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 find things. So yeah, and, like the Google didn't exist. No. Google didn't exist at all. Yeah, these guys were ahead of the time when it came to tech and, uh, I mean, hell, even standing up for goddamn legalizations, just a thing, you know? I yeah, mean, it was back when, like, nobody believed in it, you know? Nobody, well, people believed in it, but the vast majority of the United States supported the prohibition of marijuana in the 90s. Well, and part of it, too, everybody believes in bullshit fed to them from parents, school, media, and then when you come older and realize alcohol is... A lot more dangerous than, than cannabis. You know what? What else is wrong? <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, it's it, again. Uh, most of life comes down to Simpsons episode references. It's just like that time that uh, Montgomery Burns was pretending to be a hippie so that he could sink the uh, Greenpeace's boat that was standing in the way of something he was trying to destroy. And then he said, "You know, it's not. I'm not wavy gravy at all." And I've, all this time, I've been smoking harmless tobacco, and he jumps off the boat and starts swimming away. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I mean, it is true, though. I mean, it's just kind of like with our politics, watching all this Trumpian shit. Like, I can't believe all these people, like, he's, uh, you know, he's my savior. He's doing everything right. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I mean, like, did you, have you seen the movie Dick? Uh, yeah, I think it's Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the one where he dies and they replace him with his twin or something? No, it's uh, the movie all about uh, Dick Cheney. And then it's by Adam McKay, the guy who did Anchorman. It's the, you know, so he did the big short, too. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but it's also really all about Dick Cheney. It was, it's on Hulu now. So if you have Hulu, you can, you can watch Dick. And if you like Anchorman and uh, Big Short, it's great. Uh, but just the amount of power that he had because he was able to uh, not be in control and allow – George W. Bush, who was essentially a likable puppet, to be up there distracting the people 
while he was in the back taking everything. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's exactly what it feels like all the time. It's like, you know, even at the election, we had two shitty choices. It's like, how how we just have two choices? I vote for well, it's, it's like South Park. What was that? Uh, the turd sandwich and a giant douche. Yeah, I'm saying. You know, the giant douche won this year. <laughs> Next year, I'm voting for Kodos. Oh, I'm going to put an edge. Buttigieg, yeah. Oh, actually, I, I don't mind him. I, I I really haven't been paying attention. And I guess Trump did announce his um, re-election yesterday in Florida. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. But, um, yeah, here we are. June 2019. It's election time now. Hey, man, you know, along the lines of just misconstrued justice and bullshit that we face, uh, I got a podcast I'm going to share here. It has to do with the uh, the Baltimore Attorney General. She's actually uh, someone who cares about her people and is trying to uh, make the world right. You know, uh, uh, she tried to uh, overturn like fifty thousand marijuana convictions, and they got denied by their her judge, her establishment. Weird. Why did that? Well, that's yeah. Share it. We can see why that was denied, but that does stink. I mean, that's some of the good news that I saw out of New York. I didn't see any movement really on their legalization, but I saw stuff about how they are uh, taking steps to help expunge. Uh, I think it was almost 300,000 marijuana convictions there uh, and put that into a part of their legalization plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah it went through, which it doesn't look like it's going to be. Well, no, it, it won't, but uh, they're putting it on the agenda. And so like that's going to that might just be one of the things that you need to do to get the coalition that you need, because you're not you're not putting a binary question of yes or no to the people anymore, because all of the ballot initiative states, with maybe the exception of Florida, have already legalized uh, cannabis. So now you have to build these coalitions through the legislative process, which is where you're going to get this uh, social justice reform to get everybody on board that needs to be on board to get the votes before it was, you know, up or down, put it to the people. Now it's the legislative process and backroom deals. And do you have the votes? Yeah, no, we're, we're getting there. Um, I mean, again, we're further than we were when you wrote the book 10 years ago. Oh my God. We're so much further than that. Uh, it was a long 10 years though. Actually, technically it's only been nine. It was 2010 slash 11 that I did that. And I should post some of those old videos of me where I'm young. I miss those days, but um, we've done it. We've now wasted another hour of our of your lives uh, bringing you back up to speed as to where the cannabis legalization nude stands for June nineteenth uh, of two thousand and nineteen. If you enjoyed this, please do like it. You'll get more of these in your feed and subscribe for notices of every time we do one of these legalization newscasts. Oh, I think next week we're actually going to have a guest and maybe do more of that. Uh, that new style of format that we discussed earlier. All three of us in the same. Yeah. Like we would do the news roundup. So like we'd spend like, instead of an hour where we would chit chat, like I spoke to uh, California, you know, she was a Colorado cannabis attorney yesterday. And so we could have cannabis attorneys on and then we could do the news summary for like the first 30 minutes and then give one of, cause right now I could have these people, I just, start giving out this link and then people can jump in just like you've jumped in. Uh, and so we could do that. And then of course, after about 30 minutes of after we've done the news summary and now joining us is this person. Sounds good. Cool, man. Well, I will talk to you next week at 2 PM noon, your time.
Right on.